You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone to rb1 colon a fantasy football podcast part of the fake teams podcast channel i am your humble host pete rogers and i am joined by most of the guys we have resident old man clark barnes and the working girl jordan smith guys how are we doing today doing great pete pretty good pretty pretty good uh so we'll obviously get to the news around the nfl and uh, our new fantasy island dating game that we're playing but i wanted to start the show by addressing jordan's absolutely terrible take that ben affleck is the best batman and uh i'm gonna let you have at least uh, some sort of effort to defend this take because well it's trash look as far as i'm concerned the three most recent Batmans, um, we're going with Ben Affleck, Christian Bale, and Michael Keaton, who was just legendary. I'm not including Val Kilmer in this discussion, or Clooney. Or Clooney. Um, I, I think those guys are unequivocally on the Mount Rushmore of Batmans in terms of their portrayal. But the way I grade... Or, or Batman? Batman's? Batman's. Batman. I think Batman's is right. Batman's. Bat boys. Um, Bat lads. Bat lads. The way I judge my Batman is that, for one, they have to be a great Dark Knight. So they have to be able to put the cowl on, be a good Cape Crusader, be able to do the necessary detective work because Batman is, quote unquote, the world's greatest detective. And on the flip side, they have to be a charming, uh not quite on the tony stark level but like a billionaire playboy because that's built into the batman persona as well that's how bruce wayne kind of hides the fact that he is this dude that goes around at night and beats people up as far as i'm concerned michael keaton makes a really good bruce wayne yes he was very charming he's still a pretty good looking guy for his age but during uh what was it 89 or so mr mom most, who could forget yeah that was his peak peak attractiveness peak attractiveness as far as him being a dark knight not sure i'm buying him beating up people maybe that was just the limitations of having a late 80s early 90s movies moving on christian bale christian bale might be the worst at both of these features <laughs> for one i'm not buying that he is a a smooth talking womanizing Bruce Wayne. He had almost zero chemistry with Maggie Gyllenhaal. He had a little bit with uh, Katie Holmes. Uh, Katie Holmes in the first movie, but I really wasn't feeling all that well. And he kind of moved like a robot when he was fighting people <laughs> as the Dark Knight. And I'm I'm sitting there when he's surrounded by bad people in the beginning of the Dark Knight. And everybody's just kind of waiting their turn to get a slap at him. And he's got like his elbows up, like moving like at the waist. And but I'm then like, he needs okay, to get a new on. suit that gives him flexibility. And then what is the deal with the voice? Okay. Christian Mail made a very specific choice here when he decided to, and it got progressively worse over the course of the trilogy. Where's Rachel? Where are they? Where are they? And you can't even, like, listen to the words that are coming out of his mouth when he's talking as Batman, when he's trying to make, like, a big speech or talk to a villain because you're so distracted by the fact that he is chewing on gravel. (laughs) Ben Affleck is a victim of not-so-great movies in terms of uh, him playing Batman. I think everybody likes Christian Bale's Batman because... Everybody loves The Dark Knight. It was one of the best movies of 2008. Everybody loved Keith Ledger's performance. 
but Heath Ledger's performance like held Dark Knight up from being just a bad movie. Like he did a whole lot of shoulder work um, and he carried that film into the Oscar conversation at the very least. Batman, that's Ben Affleck, the Batfleck. Uh, he's got the, the dimpled jaw, the ch dimpled chin, I should say. He played the older version of Batman. He's a little bit grizzled, a little bit weathered. Uh, in Batman vs. Superman and Justice League, he does actual detective work. He tries to figure things out, and he doesn't use uh, Chekhov's sonar system to find the bad guy. Uh, and I totally believe that he is just schmoozing with the ladies. He can get Gal Gadot. Christian Bale, I'm not God buying, get. is getting Gal Gadot. I'm so. sorry. And that's that's my argument for Ben Affleck, just solely on the way he can portray Bruce Wayne and The Dark Knight. That's I must bad, admit that if I thing. were ever willing to change my opinion about something based on someone presenting facts to me, you would have maybe done that. Yeah. I still think Michael Keaton will forever have it for me because I think of all of the Batmans, he does the best job at portraying the slight psychoticness of Bruce Wayne that like Bruce Wayne's also kind of unhinged. And that's why he decides to, in his spare time, go fight crime in a bat suit. Like, I think Michael Keaton does the best job at portraying the fact that he's got a little, he also has some screws loose in his head along with all of the villains that he goes up against. That's why I'm a little bit excited for Robert Pattinson. Robert, that's, and this is what sparked the whole thing was like, yeah, Robert Pattinson looked good in the suit. He, he turned around and started having this like really good indie movie career after Twilight because I mean, come on, what else is he gonna do? And he's <laughs> I knew that a darling <laughs> in the indie movie world. That's, that's Clark's like, oh god damn it, I'm in now. Robert Pattinson, Edward Heartthrob playing Batman, Clark sold. Our Pat. I do think Will Arnett does also a very good Batman. But that's a very I different Batman. I've only seen the first Lego movie, but I loved it. Oh, I thought he, it was fantastic. The Batman movie, the ba the Lego Batman movie or whatever it's called, is incredible. The whole thing is just like self-referential in the entire Batman like create. Uh, it's, I I think his Batman is fantastic. But I, I have to agree with Clark Jordan that that is a that is a solid argument and i think that you're correct in uh taking a more nuanced look at christian bale's performance as batman because of the fact that the dark knight is so widely regarded as one of the best superhero movies of all time but is it really because of christian bale or is it because of heath ledger the, it's the 100 no because of heath ledger <laughs> the no chemistry with maggie jill and all is a good call i just so i'm clearly secretary I'll give you that. I've clearly Pretty thought young. about this a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a very well. well I'm enough. glad glad he gave gave you the platform to our and listeners. Uh, if you want more comic book movie hot takes to open the shows, uh, oh. you just let us know. Yeah, we will provide. I'll watch some and <laughs> let you know what I think. Clark, instead of grinding NFL tape, he'll start grinding superhero take tape. That's right. There's like RB40 one. Avengers movies, so mm -hmm. I'll start. Gotta watch all those. I watched RB like half one. of the one where they kill everyone. It was it was all right. We are going to be a Black Widow podcast in a couple <laughs> months here because I am a total Florence right. Pugh head. Love oh, yeah. me some Florence Pugh. Plus, plus it's got uh, what's his name? Oh god damn it, David Harbor. There it is. Uh, wait, what's his name? In uh, Stranger Things, Hopper. Hopper. <laughs> who I guess is not dead somehow. We're jumping into all kinds of things right now. Uh, don't worry. We have a good, I have a good superhero movie hot take, which is that Logan is one of the best superhero movies of all time. Um, yeah. That's not a hot take. See, I didn't think so either. I thought it's incredible. I think that's just a good movie. It's a fucking amazing movie. It's, it should have, it should have, all of the praise and Oscar noms that the Joker got should have all gone to Logan. I don't often cry in the movie theater, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Logan was overwhelming at the ending. It was really, it was like, it was heavy. 
It was good. Oh, it's such a good movie. Um, all right. Well, there you go. There's a Batman talk, superhero talk. Don't worry. Well, uh, there'll be more throughout the off season. It's the off season. What else are we going to do? And now we'll be talking about another fantasy, fantasy football. Perfect segue <laughs> by Clark. Uh, Boom. Let's hit up some NFL news because there have been some things that have been bad around the news that I wanted to make sure we touch on uh, because I have many opinions I want to voice. First off, Jameis Winston got LASIK surgery on his eyeballs to uh, fix that 30-30 vision. So who is in with me for Jameis Winston all of a sudden becoming a MVP caliber quarterback because he can see straight? Not since Major League have we seen corrective vision so turn around someone's career. I got that reference. I can't, I honestly just can't believe it's taken this long to do it because you can, like, this has been a thing for him for a while in that he, like, doesn't want to wear contacts. But if you watch him, like, even back to his FSU games, he's oh. like constantly squinting and you're like, what's wrong with you, man? He's like, Oh, it's because you probably can't see more than 10 feet in front of your face. Yeah. It seems like, it seems like this is the kind of thing that you should have gotten done very early. Like right when you entered the NFL or right when you start playing professional sports. Yeah. I mean, you're, it's not like you're laid up in bed overnight. It's like an in and out surgery. You just need somebody to drive you. <laughs> Don't let it be. An if he throws, though. If he throws eight interceptions, taking the Broncos to the playoffs, uh, I am going to just be so amazed. It's good for him. You know, you know, if he starts the season, like if the, through the first four games, he's thrown like 10 touchdowns and two picks, people are going to lose their goddamn minds. Like start His buying LASIK, LASIK doctor is going to buy a new house. <laughs> like he'll be all, it'll be like the new James Andrews, but for LASIK. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Every go buy LASIK stock right now, because it has the potential to just skyrocket as everyone decides that they need to get LASIK because Jameis Winston has turned from throwing, throwing interceptions. Like they were, uh, giving out candy at a Halloween to now being a elite quarterback. There's a lot of quarterback news in the, uh, in the NFL because a lot of names getting batted around as whether or not they'll be moving where they'll be moving to. Uh, one of them, the Bengals are open to working with Andy Dalton on a trade because Joe Burrow is more or less certainly going there with the number one overall pick. And spoiler alert, Andy Dalton doesn't want to play backup to him. So, uh, Clark, what, what would be a trade destination you think makes sense for Andy Dalton and the Bengals? I feel like uh, John Elway really loves to pay questionable quarterbacks a lot of money. That would be fun. Uh, I think Andy Dalton is firmly okay. Like as in the 20th to 25th best quarterback in the league, uh, just good enough to get you seven or eight wins on a crummy team. Uh, So it'd be interesting to see him go to a place like when Kirk Cousins went to Minnesota and you've completely caught me off guard and I can't think of a place like that. Well, so I think the one that makes the most sense to me, and we've talked about it before as a Marcus Mariota destination, but it seems like Andy Dalton could be this year's Ryan Tannehill if he weren't to the if he went to the Bears, right? It seems like Mitchell Trubisky is all but certainly going to have a midseason meltdown, and the Bears should make sure that they have some sort of competent veteran quarterback behind him so that their season doesn't go to waste. And it seems like that's a perfect spot for Andy Dalton and a perfect time for him to basically pull the Ryan Tannehill and lead the bears, you know, from their, whatever, three and five record that they'll surely have to suddenly becoming a, uh, you know, a playoff team or a team that's flirting with playoffs. Who knows? That seems to be the most logical destination. I think both your picks are great and they line up with my wild card pick of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I just want to see Andy Dalton have an opportunity to play in a really orange jersey and just (laughs) get like the orange juice redhead flow going put him in that creamsicle Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey that uh, Denver Broncos orange that alternate Chicago Bears orange just I don't know why just because but I could also see him being a potential like Hey, it's Indianapolis. We have a ton of capped space. And yeah, we have Jacoby Brissett here. Well, why not take a flyer on Andy Dalton? Because look what we did with Jacoby for like the first six games of last year. 
Yeah, I think I would. I think I'd rather have Dalton over Jacoby Brissett. I think they're right around the same area. But Andy Dalton. Though. I mean, people love to use Andy Dalton as like this prime meridian of average quarterback play, and for the most part, he flirt. He's around there. But like we've seen him put together a season of, you know, excellence. Like he was. Uh, what year was that? It was way back, and he was on the like, maybe not seriously in MVP conversations, but was having a phenomenal season, led the Bengals to the playoffs. And then that was the one where he busted his hand. What was it? 2000 and he broke his hand in like week 15. Or yeah. Something and oh yeah. And then we, we got that one like Alabama quarterback or whatever playing in the playoffs. Yeah, that was garbage. He yeah. I mean, 2016, 2016 through for 4,206 yards, 18 touchdowns and eight interceptions. I think that's yeah. the one that I'm thinking of. He was a pro bowl uh, player then. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Or maybe. Yeah. And I, well, I even think 2018, did, he did well too. Anyways, continue. I think if it wasn't uh, such a hot take culture, uh, we'd say like, yeah, Andy Dalton's an upgrade for about nine or 10 teams and Cincinnati should be able to get a second or third round pick for him. And okay. On to the next story. But it's, it's kind of Andy Dalton is the worst or why is everybody crap on Andy Dalton? I, I've actually never said or heard anyone say how great Andy Dalton is. I think he's plenty good enough to have a Matt Schaub, like three or four years when surrounded by talent. Yeah. I, I, again, like, I think he's a perfect candidate for this year's Ryan Tannehill. That almost makes I don't really know. I mean, maybe, uh, Los Angeles chargers who are parting ways with Philip Rivers, but I feel like there's like three teams maybe in the league right now who are like, for sure, probably needing somebody new, but then like two of them at least are going to be drafting quarterbacks. So yeah. it's, it's a, t- I feel like it's a tough market for quarterbacks this year if you're a free agent. Well, there's one quarterback who thinks that every team should take a risk on him because he believes himself to be QB one. That's Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is certain that he is a franchise quarterback. Uh, despite the fact that he has thrown eight passes last season uh, and the saints didn't go with him as their starting quarterback, when Drew Brees went down and Teddy Bridgewater led that team to a five and no record, but who's counting Taysom Hill clearly is a, uh, a franchise quarterback that every team should be forfeiting all of their picks for this was, this went around. I know we're like maybe a week late on this. This went around last week where all the Twitter went into a craze because Mike Florio is from pro football talk was talking about how Taysom Hill is wants to take the bet on him and every team should make a move to try to get Taysom Hill because he could be a franchise quarterback. And I'm, I am not having any of it. Taysom Hill is a great gadget player, but I do not think that Taysom Hill is a top 30 quarterback in this league. Like, I think even Mitchell Trubisky is a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. Yeah, Mike Florio is just generally bad at his job when it comes to just throwing out takes on Twitter. I'm just like, I don't like to like bash media personalities because obviously they're either doing something right or they're um, able to get information in a way that we just can't unless you're involved in the circles that he's involved in. But I just, Florio is one of the ones I just can't stand uh, with his hot takes and Taysom Hill. Like, I feel like it's every, every quarterback should just inherently have that confidence that, yeah, I should be a starting quarterback in this league. Like, I think that's just something you have to have to play the position. doesn't mean everybody is starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and Taysom Hill is 30 years old. He is not the yes. future of any franchise. My only comment is on the Mike Florio piece. Uh, his job is to get you to click on his stuff and listen to him. And he is doing a fantastic job. My Twitter was ruined by this last <laughs> week. Yeah. He definitely was trending. He knows how to get himself trending. And uh, and Mike, if you want to come onto the show and tell us, give us tips as to how to get yourself trending, uh, other than just making really flaming hot takes, we'd love to have you. Well, we know it's not that because I'm Cause we, fire week in, week out. Because <laughs> cocoon references I'm making, Major League, I'm all over the place. Because we have been making hot takes from the creation of this podcast and hasn't gotten us anywhere. Uh, I do have to read this quote, though, from uh, Saint, former Saint special teamer Mike Westhoff, which is, take a look at Baltimore. It's the same kind of guy. Taysom Hill does those same things as Lamar Jackson. 
I think he throws better. That's the kind of football player he is. Mike Westhoff, there's whatever drug you are on, I want some. There is something that Taysom Hill is that Lamar Jackson definitely is not, but it's not a better quarterback. Um, finally in the news, Melvin Gordon thinks that Philip Rivers is going to the Colts. So there you go. Breaking news from Melvin Gordon. It makes sense. I feel like the Colts are kind of ready to win now. Same, same thing with like the Andy Dalton thing. Like, I don't think they, their roster is on schedule for them to like wait two or three years for a quarterback to really carry them to a championship. Unless they somehow luck into the next Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think they're getting, you know, I don't think they're winning final jeopardy three times in a row going Peyton luck. Yeah. The next air quotes. Mahomes. It's no comment division rival. So it <laughs> would be really cool. Our, wouldn't uh, you be excited to see Philip rivers, his aging arm throw like 30 interceptions. I'd be excited for it because it'd be awesome if uh, Indianapolis made it to the playoffs and had just enough to lose in heartbreaking fashion to my Texans, a la Philip Rivers' entire career. Exactly. So there's no better quarterback for the Colts to br- bring that prediction to to fruition than Philip Rivers. It's what he does. He's, he's in the Hall of Fame of letting fan bases down. It's perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, there you go. So he's definitely going to the Colts. We've all but uh, assured it. Um, all right. Well, before we move on to our brand new spanking greatest dating game that you'll find on Fantasy Islands, let's take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Island Dating Show Game. The dating show where NFL free agents get matched with their perfect fantasy team. We have six stunning contestants this week all ready to meet the perfect match. Judges, are you ready? Let's match match that player. (laughs) Then let us begin. Contestant number one likes to ride horses, wear cowboy hats, and catching touchdowns. It's Amari Cooper. Jordan. Who is Amari Cooper's perfect date on Fantasy Island? The ideal situation would be, this is really boring, but to stay in Dallas and be the number one, uh, the number one guy on the Cowboys offense. So long as Dak Prescott actually gets re-signed, uh, I'm not sure if they'll be able to keep Amari and Dak Prescott. I think that's the best case scenario. An alternate for fantasy purposes, and I think this will help multiple people at multiple positions, is the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Mm. Give him to Sam Darnold. Give him, like, a legitimate wide receiver one who he can feed the ball to because Lord knows a young wide or a young quarterback needs that kind of match. I uh, agree with you. The Cowboys is probably most likely. I hate your Jets idea, not just because I'm a Patriots fan, but because, as Clark knows, I have sworn to not draft in fantasy anyone uh, who Adam Gase is in charge of because Adam Gase ruins everyone's fantasy value, no matter how good they are at football. So if Amari Cooper went to the Jets, that would be crushing because you're right. It would make a ton of sense, and it would be great for everyone involved, but I have no faith in Adam Gase to the point where I would not touch him. 
Yeah, my only comment here is that I missed him being the first name on our list, and so I agree with Jordan completely. <laughs> uh, well, my my perfect date for Amari Cooper on Fantasy Island is the Arizona Cardinals. He comes in as the air replacement to Larry Fitzgerald and has one year of overlap to learn all of Fitz's secrets to the trade. He's going to be, he would be a clear cut number one guy in an offense. That's going to put up a ton of points, be very exciting to watch. And plus, just like Jordan was talking about with the jets, it would boost Kyler Murray's value, which is true love right there. I like that one too. That would be incredibly awesome to have him go down there and, uh, not only be the number one target for Kyler Murray, but hopefully pick up a few tricks of the trade from one Larry Fitzgerald. So, yeah, Cooper's going to be a big one. And the, the, one of the fantasy lessons from last week that we either got to or didn't, I can't recall is new wide receivers in new places. Oh, yeah, me trying hard not to get as excited about that fantasy wise for that wide receiver. So even though I think, Cooper going to the Cardinals would be amazing. I would just have to remind myself time and time again, not to get too excited about year one for old Cooper. I know. I, I like how I was harsh on Jordan being like, I have sworn off Adam Gase. And then also Clark brings up another thing that I said, which is like, stay away from wide receivers when they move in the off season. I'm like, Nope, ignore that one. I'm very selective with my resolutions that I have made learning from the 2019 uh, fantasy season. Won't touch Adam Gase, but wide receivers moving. Nah, let's ignore that little point. Let's buy right back into it when Amari goes to Arizona. It's time for contestant number two, who loves to take it slow and holds out until at least the 10th date. It's Melvin Gordon. Clark, who is Melvin Gordon's perfect date on Fantasy Island? All right, so I've got Gordon going to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints... Missed out on Mark Ingram last year. Alvin Kamara showed that while he is fantastic, he uh, probably can't carry the whole load himself. So I think the thunder was missing and the Saints are going to need to get the band together for one more last ride again, again. (laughs) And at a time of team that would go out and spend a lot on Melvin Gordon thinking that they only had a year left with Breeze. So I think Melvin Gordon to the Saints fantasy wise and real football wise would be uh incredibly fun that's a great call that's not a team that i had at all thought about because of the fact that they had alvin kamara but you're right that the saints are better than any other team in the nfl i would say at having two running backs and using both to the point where they both have solid fantasy value um and i we saw melvin gordon operate in a similar role with the chargers after the hot start that austin eckler got off to where austin eckler was basically the primary pass catcher melvin gordon was the primary rusher and i think you could create that same scenario with alvin camaro who's better than austin eckler uh in an offense that could be more explosive than uh than the chatches were this year. So I like that move a lot. Plus that would, I would certainly be hyped for Melvin Gordon fantasy. If you went to the saints, it wouldn't be the first time a charger made the trip down to the Bayou mm. to revitalize his career. Look at that. Well done, Jordan. My, uh, my perfect date for Melvin Gordon. I thought long and hard about this. And I think that it's the Washington breadsticks. Ron Rivera's system is pretty running back friendly as we've seen with, you know, Christian McCaffrey and you had the two headed attack of Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo, uh, D'Angelo Russell. No, it wasn't D'Angelo Russell. That's basketball. D'Angelo Williams. Williams. There it is. Thanks Clark. Uh, and I think you could pair nicely with Darius guys if he manages to stay healthy, but this at least takes the starting role off of Darius guys who, who's, you know, struggled to, to kind of stay on the field and this would balance their touches. And I think he would be a stabilizing vocal point in a young offense, a uh, young passing attack, young quarterback, giving Melvin Gordon the ability to be in that backfield and able to carry the rock when it needs to be carried. I like it. the second team that we have Gordon playing a perhaps leading role in a very large and crucial committee. Yeah, and I don't think Washington really knows 100% what it has in Darius Geis, if anything at all, because Unfortunately, he just can't seem to be the healthy, dynamic running back that they want. And um, 
I don't know how much say Ron Rivera has in free agency because we haven't seen it yet, but if there's any team that's willing to overpay for a running back, it's probably Washington. <laughs> it seems, it feels like a move that they would, that they would make, especially because they'd spin it as like, Melvin Gordon didn't play a full season. Like he doesn't have as much wear on his tires. Like he is going to hit the ground running and be ready to go in Washington. And you're like, all right, I could buy into that. I'll get behind it. Jordan, who's your perfect date for Melvin Gordon? Well, my perfect date for Melvin Gordon is going to be down in Tampa Bay for the Buccaneers. I think that the way that they want to throw the ball just all over the yard is something that can add to Melvin Gordon's fantasy value. It can take a little bit of pressure off of Jameis Winston if they can teach him how to check down. Um, And they've just kind of struggled to consistently find somebody who can carry the ball. Part of that is because their offensive line isn't that great, but with Ollie Marpet and, um, you know, maybe adding a few more pieces, that's a unit that could really come together and, um, you know, start to take that offense uh, a little bit further than what it was this year, which was still pretty dynamic. So Melvin Gordon in Tampa Bay feels like it would make some good fantasy sense. I, uh, I saved my Tampa Bay Buccaneers pick for a later guy, but Melvin Gordon makes a ton of sense there. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there. I think it sounds like we all agree Melvin Gordon is going to be a big ad somewhere. Uh, I think the Chargers and he were just a marriage that wasn't working out. Hopefully they'll uh, let each other go their separate ways and not turn this into a bad story that doesn't need to play out for the first several weeks of the preseason. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see Melvin go somewhere and, and get back in our good fantasy graces and revitalize if, his career. If you were the charge, cause the Chargers could have a completely different backfield this year. Cause both Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler are free agents. Do you think, do you think the Chargers are going to invest? Are they going to go after Austin Eckler and make sure they lock him down? Or are they, are they going to try to completely rebuild that backfield or is Melvin Gordon a lock? to return back there. I, I'm not sure. This, it would be interesting to see, especially given how much turmoil and change there's going to be at the quarterback position, whether or not the Chargers allow a similar thing to happen in the backfield. Yeah, I, I really hate the running back doesn't matter thing. I think it's great marketing and good for whoever came up with it. Uh, but Mike Foley, I always yo. feel like, yeah, probably. <laughs> I always feel like teams are like a third round pick away from solving their running back problem. So I don't, I guess it's never a thing, but I know that's not true because there are teams that try to do that and miss, but I think with what they have with Eckler, you know, you draft a couple of guys and you'll probably be able to make something work. Lord knows Carlos Hyde's going to be available. So thousand yard rusher, Carlos Hyde. I think if you're like self-aware in your evaluation process and can admit that, Hey, maybe we're just not good at evaluating running backs and, like Melvin Gordon is a pretty good weapon that can take your offense to the next level. We've seen several instances, whether that's San Francisco, Kansas city. Um, I think that paying him can be a little bit risky, but if they're going to draft a quarterback, then they have money to spend. So it's not a total detriment. Contestant number three brings a lot of experience and is finally free of a long, one-sided relationship in which he fought to keep it alive, but was regularly let down. It's A.J. Green! And I'm going to start us off here. A.J. Green's perfect date on Fantasy Island is none other than Jordan's Green Bay Packers. They need another wide receiver. He wouldn't have to be the guy there, which is good for him because he's 30-plus years old. He pairs nicely with Devontae Adams. And this offense started to flirt with the like the fantasy gift that it used to be, uh, where basically any, any pass catcher in the Packers offense had tons of fantasy value. Flirted with that last year. I think it could take a step further into that this year. Uh, it just If A.J. Green hits the open market, Green Bay seems like the obvious landing spot for him. I 100% agree because I also have AJ turning his name into AJ Green Bay because I think that at at 31 or 32 years old, I forget how old he is. He is going to be going on the twilight of his career. He's a veteran. 
I almost put Amari Cooper with Green Bay. I think just him and having Devontae Adams on the other side would be incredible. But you kind of want somebody who somebody who can be like a clear number one and somebody who's just like a one B. And I think AJ Green could can be a one B and step in and make the offense uh dynamic more dynamic right away next year a lot of mock drafts have the Packers picking a wide receiver at 30 but by that point in the draft some people are estimating like five or six other wide receivers going off the board and that fifth or sixth wide receiver going at number 30 is probably not going to be the biggest contributor to the offense right away that's just usually how these things work not everybody is in AJ Brown or a DK Metcalf it's just that's just the way some this works sometimes or Terry McLaurin so I think having AJ Green jump into the offense right away makes that Packers offense very very sexy right away yeah it's the clean sweep for brevity's sake I have the Packers uh for all of the reasons mentioned other than AJ Green Bay which is incredible yeah speak it into existence I'm uncomfortable thinking of a dating blurb for contestant number four. It's Kareem Hunt. Jordan, who's your who's your ideal date for Kareem Hunt on Fantasy Island? Gosh, I almost don't want to give Kareem Hunt to anybody, but I think somebody's going to be like, oh yeah, Kareem Hunt is he's fine now. He's, he's doing his thing. Um, I think Kareem Hunt would be a pretty solid addition. I didn't want to give him to Houston. I was going to, but I'll give him to the Atlanta Falcons. I think that that would be a pretty good add on, especially since uh, they can't seem to find running backs that can stay healthy either. Um, giving him to Matty Ice as some sort of security blanket. And I feel like just Kareem Hunt's general burst in speed inside uh, the dome down there in Atlanta would be really incredible they would have like three or four guys that can just fly down the field and if Austin Hooper leaves in free agency that leaves plenty of room for uh, Kareem Hunt to be a passing game target yeah I like that a lot especially since the Falcons have reportedly questionably said that they're trying they're probably going to release Devonta Freeman or at least move on from him uh that's a really good one that's not one I thought of but We've seen that offense have a lot of success with running backs in the past, and adding someone like Hunt would certainly certainly gain a lot of fantasy value there. I like Atlanta, and I'm taking kind of a the opposite approach of instead of sending Kareem Hunt to a contender who I think he can help, I've got Kareem Hunt going to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, there's going to be a lot of new faces in Miami when the preseason starts, and expecting a new quarterback, they may go with Rosen, but Probably not either Rosen or a rookie. And uh, with the Dolphins owning about 40% of the first two rounds of this year's NFL draft uh, and a team that played surprisingly well down the stretch, I think having a running back like Hunt, who's had 270 plus carries and 50 plus catches in a season would really help that team uh, overachieve and get something like five or six wins in this first rebuilding year. So I think it'd be interesting to see him team, see him go to a team that needs a ton of help and get that second chance because uh, you know he taught us a valuable lesson that if you're gonna uh, do something like that just don't get caught or else the NFL is really gonna put the screws to you I like Miami I, I thought about him I recall. For some sorry some of the <laughs> some of the running backs that we're talking about just because I, I think there's a lot that can be said for having like a player in the backfield with a young rookie quarterback who can take some pressure off of you it's I mean, Miami's just still not a great roster, despite how many first round picks they're going to have this year. So having a guy who you have to worry about and not get, have the rookie rookie QB uh, get keyed in on, then I think that's that's a valuable asset to have. Plus, fantasy wise, it would be like him and Devonta Freeman. I'm sorry. What am I saying? Him and Devonte Parker. Uh, as basically like the people who'd move this offense. So he would have tons of opportunity, which is huge. Volume hey. equals production. How dare you forget about Preston Williams? Uh, and Preston Williams. <laughs> and Mike Kosicki. Do you think Josh Rosen will get traded for again before <laughs> or during the draft? I really would love the Patriots to send like a 
fifth round pick for Josh Rosen. I I have such a hard time giving up on people. I just I feel like hasn't had a shot yet. Still hasn't he had need, a real he chance. He needs to. Yes, I totally agree with that. I would like it too if he got to uh, New England, just because I I really liked jo- Josh Rosen coming out, and I think if there's a place that can like heal the the scar tissue scar tissue from all the bad things that have happened to him on two of the worst franchises of the past five years then it's it's in like a structured place like new england where he can like unlearn everything and then get rebuilt like the six million dollar man and you know belichick would just love it belichick would be like yes this is it brady's gonna retire in like two years and i'm gonna have josh rosen he's gonna be my perfect reclamation project to prove that i can win without brady and what what a succession of athleticism going from drew bledsoe (laughs) to tom brady to josh rosen just just slowly increasing the athletic abilities of each quarterback uh this is my tampa bay buccaneers landing spot i think kareem hunt to the bucks makes tons of sense and would be uh a fantasy gold mine though i still really want the cardinals to release david johnson or trade david johnson to the buccaneers probably not going to happen because dj's like guaranteed 13 or 14 million dollars which would be a a tall bill for people for a team to swallow i cannot yeah, wait I to overdraft david johnson this oh, year. it's gonna happen i know um, the it's disrespect happen. the disrespect for my man david johnson i don't know what our guy cliff kingsbury is doing down there i know <clears throat> Contestant number five can only stay healthy for someone like you. It's Hunter Henry. Clark, who's Hunter Henry's perfect date on Fantasy Island? With Hunter Henry, we pair two hunters together as Hunter heads out to Las Vegas to team up with Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, and Tom Brady. Tom Brady. So Gruden gets his grizzled veteran, grizzled veteran quarterback, Tom Brady. Uh, strikes out to the desert to prove that he is the reason the Patriots have been so good. Gruden finally gets his leader. We've been trying to shoehorn Brady into a two tight end set in New England since the good old days before, uh, you know. Aaron Aaron And we finally get our dream with the Las Vegas Raiders and John Gruden playing that smash mouth two tight end set football. Hunter Henry and Tom Brady and Tom Brady to the Raiders. Uh, I love your thought process, Clark. I hate the conclusion because I have <laughs> Hunter Henry. Perfect landing spot for Hunter Henry is the Patriots. Uh, and not just because tight ends do well in the Patriot system, but the offense missed a red zone threat badly. And when Brady returns to New England, it'll only be because the Patriots made an effort to surround him with better talent. And Henry puts a huge weapon back in Patri- and Brady's favorite position. And you know if he fit- stays healthy for a full season, he's a lock for 10-plus touchdowns with Brady targeting him always and everywhere around the end zone. I like it, but only if Tom Brady comes back. Otherwise, I think that's just a fantasy dead spot then. Oh yeah, no. This is this is how they get Tom Brady back because they sign Hunter Henry and trade for Josh Unless, Rosen. What's <laughs> his Rosen to Hunter Henry for twelve times in the end zone? Let's there it go. is. <laughs> there. That's I'm, I'm already painting this narrative that if Brady does go to the Vegas to the Las Vegas Raiders, that uh, Josh Rosen is going to lead the Patriots to the Super Bowl with Hunter Henry. Jordan, who's uh, who's your perfect date for Hunter Henry on Fantasy Island? Uh, my perfect date. Let's go back to Arizona. Let's give Ooh. Kyler Murray a nice pass catching tight end who can block a little bit. Um, and I, I'm terribly sorry for this, but the tight end position in Arizona has been a desert for years now. Nah, and they, they not as good, not tried, as good as your AJ Green Bay. <laughs> um, they have tried to patch something together there, but they just haven't been that successful. And I, I think. Again, with Kyler Murray still being a young quarterback, um, having himself a tight end who can sit in and maybe block a little bit and then release when Kyler Murray starts running around doing Kyler Murray things, that would be very interesting for them. Yeah, I think with a four-wide single-back set, having one of those wide receivers be a dynamic tight end like Hunter Henry 
opens up a lot of the field. If Henry can just get in the way of the middle linebacker that they dangle out there, you're going to be able to run all over the place. And if they go to a, a corner, you're still going to be able to run. So I think that gives folks a lot of options. That's why I, I will for the third year in a row uh, overdraft Hunter Henry again. He's becoming my Josh Gordon and I, I, I don't care. I'm just going to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I second that notion, Clark. And finally, contestant number six likes to go fast and tease you with his potential, which he ultimately hasn't lived up to. It's Robbie Anderson. And I included Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is on this dating island because I feel like in the right system, he could finally reach that fantasy potential that he has flashed from time to time. And I think that right team, that perfect date for him is the Philadelphia Eagles. Think of him as a Deshaun Jackson light, maybe 2.0. And I also didn't know this, but evidently the Eagles were in on Anderson and were trying to get him in 2018, but instead they settled for, or instead got Golden Tate uh, when they made that trade. So I like Robbie Anderson bringing his speed to Philadelphia. We know the Eagles need help at the wide receiver position. And we've also seen what someone with elite speed downfield as a true deep threat can do with Carson Wentz, as we saw through like those first three games with, uh, with Deshaun Jackson before he got injured. So Robbie Anderson to Philly, that is, that is the perfect date, perfect pairing for him on fantasy Island. Yeah. I feel a little bad that it took us this long with all these wide receivers to match Carson Wentz, who's a really good quarterback with a talented wide receiver for fantasy purposes. Uh, Cause if there's a team that needs some pass catchers, it's Philadelphia that could really help the offense. I, I like Robbie Anderson a lot actually. So. Yeah. So I, I love Robbie Anderson. Uh, New York is garbage. Gase is garbage. The garbage. I think that that's held Anderson down. He has flashed amazing speed, but then also like my man that he's going to replace, unfortunately, has shown some better than you think hands. Uh, Robbie Anderson is going to go down to Houston and be the second threat for the wide receivers. Houston has mortgaged their future uh, kind of for a car. Because, you know, at least with a mortgage, you usually end up with a house after 20 years. We don't know what Bill O'Brien's doing, but the time is now. We need to win. Uh, We being the Texans, sorry. Uh, Robbie Anderson has missed. Yes, I have a a vital part. Robbie Anderson has missed four games in four years. Uh, Will Fuller has missed 22 games in that same stretch. I think we've seen what the Texans can do when they have uh, someone to take the top off the offense. Like Fuller, it opens up everything and lets Deshaun Watson be maybe one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Houston's defense is porous. And so the offense is going to have to score a ton of points. So let's get Robbie Anderson teamed up with DeAndre Hopkins and make the Texans uh, as dynamic as they were for the five games. Will Fuller played this year, all year in 2020. I like that a lot because we saw, I mean, they tried to do it with Kenny Stills and had some success there too, but Kenny Stills got injured uh, and Will Fuller's, you can't rely on him for a full season. So I like the fact, Clark, that you brought up that, that Robbie Anderson's missed only four. Like, he seemingly doesn't get injured. He has that downfield speed uh, and good hands. And I think you're right that he's been lost in this Jets offense and pairing him with Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. Those two guys are going to make anyone else on the field look good. Uh, and Robbie Anderson, that's a great spot for him. And I didn't bother to look this up, but I think two of the games – Robbie Anderson missed were knucklehead games yeah. and not injury games. I think he got suspended for some sort of, I feel like DUI, but I could be wrong. Uh, so my thinking is kind of along the same lines as yours with Philadelphia, Pete, but not uh, in that they don't have any wide receivers because they do have one very good wide receiver, might even be considered the best wide receiver, and that's sending him down to New Orleans. Uh, to play for the Saints. Uh, Traquan Smith hasn't exactly turned into much. Um, and Tedkin Jr. is just, uh, he's still fast. He can still take the top off the offense. I think they really like having him there, but Robbie Anderson could literally just slot in as a deep threat who is younger and can be uh, just a little bit more dynamic considering the stage of Tedkin Jr.'s career right now. And um, yeah, just letting him blitz down the field in a dome is something that I would really be intrigued to see. 
My only worry is can Drew Brees throw the ball far enough? It's going to be Taysom Hill. So oh, like, okay, yeah. okay. They yeah. were set. <laughs> Franchise quarterback, Taysom Hill. Franchise quarterback, Taysom Hill. Yeah, I think I love that landing spot for Anderson. Not as much as I love it for going to my Texans, but uh, doing something in New Orleans to open the field up again. I think what we saw Michael Thomas do was amazing, but I think you absolutely don't want that to be how you run your offense. You want to have a few weapons that can open up the field for you. And Robbie Anderson, I, I can't wait to overdraft him. I was talking with Pete before the show. I love this list of players because it's guys that I've loved for so long that I just believe have been held down by circumstance or by their team. This is essentially my, like, what's Clark's draft going to look like list. <laughs> so, really this is excited. Clark's draft in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, and Cream Hunt. But and cream, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We ignore cream. Huh? I I thought it was going to be pretty dry, but doing this list of players for free agency, it kind of made me see that there's a lot of guys who could like shift the balance of power in terms of who's got the best offense offenses in the league and doing some crazy things, and it, it's got me a little bit excited now. Well, well, yeah. the quarterbacks that are coming onto the market either in the draft or in free agency. It's that alone, I think, is something that we haven't seen in a long time. And it could end up very boring, right? Drew Brees goes back to New Orleans. Tom Brady goes back to (laughs) New England. You know, this might end up a little flat. But here in the season of dreaming, we could be in for a wild ride. Yeah, there could be some pretty good names on the move. And they could all find love here on the Fantasy Island Dating Show. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We are on all of them. Uh, Leave us a review. Give us five stars because you love us and you're excited for what could be a very active NFL offseason. If you give us a review, drop a question in there. We'll answer it on the podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Edem Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark and Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. We will be back at you next week. Until then.